Welcome back to Party of Two Roll of the Dice. The podcast with two players and zero dungeon masters. That's right, there are no DMs here. With nothing more than an oracle to guide us, we build our story, our characters, and our world as we go. I'm Natasha, playing Helvet Fahak, known as Lou, a mountain dwarf warlock, looking to help those she can and change some fates along the way. And I'm Sam, playing Lesrov Darius Arvandor, also known as Ro, bardic prince of the Kingdom of Luminor, trying to escape a destiny that was forced upon him. Join us as we continue our story by following the roll of the dice. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Pot Rod. Hey, everybody. So, quick recap, we lost Genji. He left for a better purpose, for that big room in the sky. Makes it sound like he's dead. Genji has has people to go find, has things to go find. Creatures to give purpose to. It's going to create a lot of caffeine dependency along the way. Of course, I wouldn't expect any less. But that leaves... Lou, Herschel, and Ro in a cave Mm -hmm. with a big snake lady Mm -hmm. just at the departure of an old slash new friend Mm -hmm. just outside a very creepy woods. Yes. Very creepy. And that's pretty much where we pick up. The purple little magic mist that Mm -hmm. Genshi disappeared on in is dissipating and Lou is standing there lip a quiver Herschel just sort of staring blankly he's gonna do good guys I wouldn't worry I'm not I'm not worried I'm really proud of him for coming so far since I met him and I'm really hoping he knows now just how much of a person he is. I think deep down he knows. I hope so. I couldn't miss that little idiot, though. <sighs> you know, me too. Herschel sort of smirks and looks over at you. Are you really? Mm-hmm. Didn't know how much I missed having him around. But he's got more important things to do. And our path is going a different direction. And he sort of like clasps each of us on the on the shoulder and like squeezes. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we plan on doing? How are we going to do this? Are we going to just roll up a guns of blazing? Are we going to scout out the city first? Or are we going to set it ablaze? Spider nest. Lou sort of like rubs her face a little bit. Oof, I, uh, not sure. I think we have to, okay, we have to be better about everything, I think. We just, we aren't good stuff, you know, like, logistically. We're, we're just not good at it, and I think this is going to be a lot harder than what we've done before. I agree. Look, I I know a place we can make our home base or camp at for sure once we get there. My my youngest brother lives in Obsidian Falls. 
and I haven't seen him in a while, but I, I honestly miss him a lot. And I think this will be good to have a, a safe place to go. Agreed. Like, how much of the Kool-Aid has he drank? Well, I I always got the vibe that he's in Obsidian Falls, but not part of Obsidian Falls, if that makes sense. Okay. He, he is like a... He's pretty high up in a in a merchant's guild, and Obsidian Falls being what Obsidian Falls is, it's where he was kind of needed, but he's never seemed to have any particular love for there or Dibidana. Okay. I just want to make sure, like, but if you trust him, I, I trust him. Yeah, he's my baby brother. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a long time. Lou's face kind of goes through a couple of mo- couple emotions. Starts out kind of like wistful, very kind of reminiscent, but then she remembers her older brother Thorin and his sad excuses of a farm that we stopped at, and him not being there. And then she starts to worry a little bit. Things have been very. We've had a lot to do <laughs> since that day. So she hasn't had a ton of time to really think about it. But now that she has a second to like just stop and she's thinking about family, a little look of worry crosses her face. What's wrong, Lou? Um, I don't know. I just, I haven't really thought much about my family since we've been doing this. And I really hope Thorin's okay. I know we, we stopped by his place and left some money, but well, we've made a lot more money since then, and... You lost a lot more more money since then? I got most of the money back. I just sold something to get it. And money's okay. I got that, that horseshoe to try and help, and... I don't know, I'm just hoping... I'm hoping things are going to be okay, and that we can get back there sometime. To check on him. Maybe I should have sent Genshi. No... She gets, like, a little look from Herschel. No, Herschel, you're right. You're right. Giving Genshi more than one task at a time is probably not a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, once we rescue Kieran, we can always head back. I mean, that's really the last thing we have. We have one key, so if we keep it out of their hands, we have nothing to worry about. That's true. It's very true. I mean, do you... That's awful close to Luminor, though. Do you really want to go back? That close? Well, they think we're all the way out here. I mean... Guess. Yeah, we should be fine to go into Luminor or near Luminor, no problem. I mean, if they're looking for us out here, how many people are going to be out in the fields? That's true. And I mean, you do... She, like, props her head on one hand. You do look... different. (sighs) Yeah, I don't think they'll know <laughs> it's me. And to be honest, I think the best place to hide would probably be under their nose, like right on their doorstep, because they won't look there. That's true. And I mean, I know your parents really wanted this for you, but maybe we could try to reason with them about why you left. Unless you don't think that's a possibility, then we don't have to. Well. My dad runs things, but to be 
honest with you, I really think my mom runs things, so she's a bit more understanding. Honestly, that's kind of what I was leaning towards, is talking to your mom. (laughs) My dad's kind of an ass, but I still love him. But, you know, I'm sure he'll be distracted with all the goblins picketing the, the castle. That's true. I forgot about our goblin uprising. <laughs> and if worse comes to worse, we can always, like, he could retire early and my brother could ascend to the throne. And then my brother will do whatever he can to help me. So either way. Right. Right. Luminor isn't a bad place to be. <sighs> and I think we probably... How long do you think Kieran can hold out with Tyrius? Well, I'm 95% sure he can hold out as long as he needs to. Okay. Because he was our kind of scouty person back at the warehouse, and we need to do a better job than we did then. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like is sort of asking a lot of the three of us. (laughs) Yeah. If we go slow and take our time, I mean, not a lot of time. I don't want him there for like a week. But if we give ourselves at least a day to scout and before we do anything, and then we can kind of plan better. Okay. I like this idea. I know we're not the strongest group, so we're also not necessarily the smartest group. So time is just going to have to be a factor. <laughs> That works. And uh, things seem to be changing just a little bit with me and what I can do. Because now I've got the... And he, like, turns his hand and he makes a lemon again. God damn it, why can't I make apples? <laughs> and he hands it to you. I take it and you give it a sniff because lemons smell good. What happens if you try to make a lemon? I don't know. I haven't really tried it. And he goes, and then it's an orange. God damn it, I can't do this. Okay, so a lemon became an orange, but an apple became a lemon. What about a banana? And he moves his hands and he makes an apple. So I just have to try to make a banana. Okay, so if, yeah, you know what? Just maybe you should start keeping like a diary or a list or something of, you know, if this is the object you need, what you have to try to concentrate on to get to get it that's true this isn't something that i'm used to so maybe if i work at it maybe i can get it to work right and also why am i just making fruit do we need anything maybe i can try to make something sort of like looking around Mm, some extra pillows or cushions okay extra pillows all right he puts both of his hands together and rubs them and then closes his eyes and concentrates a little bit and he ends up making blankets okay i mean it's close and you know what it's technically not even that far off because if you do this and she's like bunches up the blanket and sets it on the ground and sits lays back with her head on this just mound of blanket it works as a pillow (laughs) and technically When you're making fruit, like, you aren't necessarily getting the right fruit, but you are still making food. That's true. That's true. As long as you aren't doing it for a specific recipe, that should be okay. 
<laughs> yeah, you got me there. Okay, okay. I got to work at this, though. This may come in handy. Yeah, just think of something sort of adjacent, and then maybe you'll get there. Okay. And then eventually, once it feels, once it feels better, maybe you won't have to think about a banana to get an apple. Maybe you'll think about how the magic feels when you were thinking of the banana. And it's more about how the magic feels and less about what your thought was. Okay. I think I can do this. I'll just practice at it. Herschel comes over and <laughs> grabs the orange that's just in a pile of wrong fruit and starts to peel it. I mean, what other sort of stuff can you do? I know we saw some lightning and some wind. Well, I think I'm a little bit more... Well, when I connected to that other god, which was unusual, because normally I have to, like, it was involuntary the first time because I was emotional. The second time, I was angry. The third time, I was forced to do it against my will, but I held on to it longer than I've done it before, which changed things. And then I got angry again and involuntarily did it. And now I have a little bit of his powers. So I think... And he's like trying to like conjure up a little mini storm in his hand. And he does. I think I've got a better handle on the current set of powers that I have, which is left over from having Squall in me for a little bit. I think... A little bit from Genesis is helping. Okay, like it was almost like a power boost? I think so. Interesting. But I don't know how, but now I know what I have and what I can do. Okay. I mean, that's great. Knowing knowing is huge. Have you. We're talking to Yursa help? Oh, I never really thought of that. Okay, he closes his eyes, and he thinks, and he's like, okay, excuse me, you're so? You don't get a response. Nope. She might be busy. I can't imagine what that must be like, to just suddenly have all of that to deal with. To hear a little, like, slither behind us a little bit. Did I hear the name Yursa? Mm-hmm. She looks at you for a minute and goes and like flips through some books. She doesn't have to flip through many. She kind of knows right where this one is and grabs it off a shelf and starts to flip through the pages. Oh, yes. I knew the name was familiar. You won't be able to contact her here. Oh, is it because this is like a dampening thing because no gods can get in and no gods can come out? She nods. You've got it. Okay. Well, maybe I'll try contacting her while we're, when we get out. I mean, I know she's got a lot on her plate, but she's tough. She can handle it. She can handle it. She'll need some friends, I think. She's got her best friend, who is a little crazy, but will stand by her side no matter what. I don't mean her cleric. I mean... She will need to find some other beings like her to help her along this journey. 
I think I'm getting what you're saying as he puts his fingers on his nose. She blinks a little bit and puts the book back. I didn't say anything. And just sort of like slithers away again. And Ro, when he put his hand on his nose, he remembered. And now he's just like, that's... And he's like pulling on them and his head is moving down. That's not... Okay. Okay. Ooh, I can headbutt people now. Oh, that would be sick. <laughs> like, and he knocks on them. They're solid. Like, I don't know what they're made out of. They look like gold, but I highly doubt they're gold because my head isn't like falling off. Herschel reaches out and then says, oh, I'm sorry, can I? No, go ahead. He <laughs> goes out and like touches the horn. It's definitely like a little bit of a phallic thing <laughs> for a second. And you're like, yeah, those are, are in fact rock hard. <laughs> but thanks for that observation, Ursula. I couldn't have done it without you. He sort of smirks and walks towards the, towards the front. This place is a lot bigger on the inside. So it's sort of like where he thinks the front is. But he's walking for a ways. And then he turns around and he comes back. Look, it was getting to be night when we got here and Lou is your brother gonna know we're coming is it gonna be okay with him if we show up at 3 a.m probably not uh it would probably be better if we showed up in the light of day i mean it would also be good for us because then we could see the actual city and not just be trying to creep around a place we don't know agreed but I also don't really want to go back out there. I know we did okay, but I honestly think we did okay out there because of paradise. Yeah, I 100% agree. So let's travel during the day or try to go around the woods. I might add a little to our journey. Okay. Does anybody have a map for this area? Because I have no idea where we're going. Truthfully... Okay, I'm going to roll to see if Lou would, for some reason, have a map of Obsidian Falls that, like, her brother sent with at some point and is in her possessions. Because I know we didn't stop anywhere for one. Uh, she does She does not. Uh, no, I don't have a map. And, well, wait, hold on. I start, like, dumping out everything from our sack. We took everything from that war room dining room with oh, yeah. your brother and sister and you guys were looking at a map when we got there so it's got to be in here somewhere and i roll a dice it's a <laughs> map it for obsidian falls in genshi's bag <laughs> god damn it it's also like solidly a yes it was a 15 <laughs> well okay well we don't have a map and I don't think that these are the type of books that have maps based on everything. So, uh, okay. Marshall. Yikes. Gonna see if Lou or Herschel knew any particular things about Obsidian Falls that would help in this situation. And they, Herschel got a seven. 
And Lou got a one. So, nope. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to be traveling blind. Yeah. Sure are. Well, do you think the river connects to Obsidian Falls? Or goes near it? Because you usually build giant cities near water. I mean, because Lou's more intelligent than Herschel. I mean, it's called Obsidian Falls. I would assume it has it has to be by the falls, right? Mm-hmm. So in theory, maybe it's just at the top of the waterfall? Because right now we're at the bottom. Oh, that's a really good idea. Maybe we just climb up. Yeah. Okay, look, I can get us... I can get us up there if we're just going straight up. Okay. It's just going to take a little while. Okay. So I have this. And she sort of waves her hands and goes over to Ro and, like, boops him on the nose. As she boops a little, like, and she pulls her hand away, a little bit of, like, spider silk. Looks like it's connecting the tip of your nose and her finger until she waves her hand, and then it disappears. Try to... This is gonna sound weird. Just try to walk on the wall. Okay. He goes to... Puts his foot up on the wall. It sticks. And then his other foot... It sticks. And then he starts climbing up the the cave, and he's pacing now up and down the wall. Lou is watching intently. Yeah, I can do this. There's almost like, if someone were to be looking and the light catch it just right, it almost looks like there's a weird bit of webbing kind of mystically between the two, Mm -hmm. Lou and Rao. As she's concentrating on holding the spell. I can do you one better. Okay. Remember that thing I used to uh, get away in the beginning? And he pulls out his lyre. Okay. I can do a few things as well, but never used it before. Okay. I can make us, you know, whoosh. Oh. And you can do that for like a lot of people at once? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, it only. I Yes, I yes, I can. But I don't think I could do it for the horses. She tilts her head as she's thinking over. You know what? I probably could. Okay. No, I can. Oh. I thought it was like a one time. Sorry, everybody. I took something magical that was kind of useless. And then I started looking at all the stuff that it can do because I only took it for like two things and then didn't realize that it could do more than that. So, yes, I can. And I can do it repeatedly now that I've actually paid attention to what I can do. Okay, that's good. I mean, the idea of horses walking up a sheer cliff face was a little terrifying in a way that honestly... Fits where we're at. <laughs> spider horse, spider horse. Does yeah. Whatever a spider horse can. But I can only do it for one. I think I can only do it for one at a time. I can do it for up to seven creatures, but then I can't do anything else. So if we run into trouble, 
because I lose a warlock and I only have third level slots, I was looking at I was looking at this spell and I'm trying to figure out if there is something that happens when you upcast it. But I don't Nope, it doesn't. I was really hoping there was gonna be like a if you upcast it, you can do it on more than one creature, but you can't. Nope, nope. I mean, flying honestly sounds better than having to walk up there anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. So, and if I do the two horses, then it would just be technically three. Just hold on. Right. How long does it last? It's not one of those things that only lasts for like a minute, right? Magic is weird like that, where it's very limited. Ten. Sometimes. I think we can get up the side of a mountain in ten minutes. Can they... One second, must do a Google. How if we gain a flying speed of 60 feet? Okay, is 60 feet? Mm-hmm. We're doing maths to make sure we're doing our counting right. I am. I'm. Okay. That should be fine. My guess is it would only take us. It would take us probably less than five minutes to get up there if we can fly that fast. Okay. Then I say we do it. Okay. For those interested, because I already equated it, I did look up how tall Niagara Falls is. <laughs> look at us, doing math and figuring things out for everybody to make it actually make sense, even though I'm throwing some of that stuff out the window sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to... Oh, I suppose we should probably ask to be polite. Celestine? A snake head just like pops out like nobody knew she was right behind us and her, then her head is right there. Yes. Ooh, uh, can, would it be okay if we stayed tonight? It's, uh, I don't know if you've been out in those woods, but it's bad. She blinks a little bit at us. The woods are bad. Dark, creepy, filled with undead things. This forest? Mm-hmm. Well, interesting the changes that happened over time. So it wasn't always creepy undead things? Goodness, no. Used to be quite enchanted. Like in a fairy tale princess kind of way? Oh yes, a lot of the early fairy tales came from the Black Forest. Well, that's shame, because... If there was a princess out there right now, she'd probably want to eat your brain. Yeah. Celestine sort of like curls up in a little coil and settles in, looking at us. Interesting. So everything out there is pretty bad. I mean, just in this part of the continent, but I think it has something to do with the king. Ah, yes. The one from your prophecy. Mm -hmm. She sort of eyes you for a second. Her eyes linger on the horns. Are you certain that you weren't the one with horns in the picture? I could be. You're right, it is me. But then does that mean I'm the one that's going to cause destruction? She sort of looks and stares. Well, I don't know. I think that's probably up to you. Well, I don't want to, so I hope it's not me, because that would just not be great. 
But also, the prophecy was contingent on the marriage, wasn't it? That's true. So if I just don't marry him, things will be okay. Then it doesn't matter. Oh, I hate these what-ifs. No, she was there. I was trying to remember if she was in the room with you. But, oh, but she didn't hear it. Just kidding. She didn't hear the stuff going on in your head. <laughs> yep. Well, I also don't think the Weavers would let you in here if they thought you were going to destroy the world anytime soon. Unless they were trying to steer you away from it, maybe. Or unless that's their grand plan to start over. I mean, it could be. I mean, when you... So he sits down, legs crossed, and he thinks for a minute, and he says, well, when they were talking to me and telling me what, you know, calming my neurotic behavior, <laughs> they, they mentioned that I was given this to right or wrong. Hmm. Lou sort of sits next to you, mirroring your position, and squints and stares at you. And you you think that the whole world is the wrong? No, but I'm pretty sure it's Genesis is the wrong. But he also created us, so in a sense, wouldn't it be that? Or is it like, like family-wise, like... They're the great-grandparents. He's our grandfather. The world is our father. And then here we are. Lou followed that better than Natasha did. <laughs> rolled to the sea. Well, I'm, I mean... What I meant by that was that, like, I'm supposed to stop him, but everything he's created is okay? I mean, maybe. Or maybe they have a plan to destroy everything and start over they might but i don't think they would send genshi out to make sure all of the things genesis created are okay if they were just going to destroy him that's true i mean that would be pretty cruel they didn't seem cruel unless they just don't know when they can destroy the world that's true because it kind of hinges on me maybe uh, Celestine? Yes? Do you know more about the weavers and the gods and stuff than we do? I mean, I know Ro knows more than I do because I just don't know very much about it, but I mean, Rai seemed really good, but I it did seem like she was really mad at Genesis. Would getting rid of him get rid of the whole world celestine looks over she's had a long time to just be in a cave with a bunch of books specifically from the weavers so she has some insights on this okay so celestine has some knowledge of of the weavers and the gods and the things happening in the universe genesis created an awful lot but in making so much made a bunch of other things that could probably handle things if he was gone if there was no physical world we wouldn't have them 
But now we do have a physical world. So now there's gods of light, of darkness, of storms. Those wouldn't exist without Genesis making them first. But they don't need him anymore. It's true, they don't. God of entertainment? Yeah, by the way, where is Bish? Bish has always had a fondness for living. So he's among the people. They usually are. Sometimes easier to spot. I don't know, I haven't ran into a god that hasn't, you know, just been amongst the people and kind of nice. They all seem kind of like dicks. Well, what gods have you met? Tyrius. Squall. Genesis. Hmm. You've met the real boys club, huh? Uh-huh. There's others out there. They're better. Maybe better's the wrong word. Different. They aren't all white men with beards. <laughs> I'd hope not. And if they were, I would wonder why they have such a penchant for snakes. <laughs> she sort of drifts into a little, like, self-reflection. She's, like, staring very much at Herschel, knowing that Herschel's mom, also a celestial being, is part snake. <laughs> like, this feels weird for an old white man to do. Repeatedly. <laughs> it's phallic, that's why. Mm. She wrinkles the brow. I don't like that. <laughs> no. Been in this cave a long time, but I've never considered that I'm just a giant god dick. I don't like it. And Ro just starts laughing. <laughs> I think <laughs> Celestine is a big, a big old giant snake. Like, she's big. But we're having a very, like, I don't know, this is kind of a heartwarming little <laughs> sit down with a snake. So I think we sort of start settling in and end up with Celestine kind of curled around the outside. We start like leaning back on her coils like backrests and sort of settling in and pulling out the remainders of food we got off the table and setting it up and having like a little picnic but all of the foods are very fancy so it's like weird a dinner party picnic in the middle of a snake ring in the cave that hasn't <laughs> yeah. been opened in millennia in a yeah in a deeply magical cave with wards to protect against gods like this is a very weird scene we're in <laughs> we're always in weird scenes that's just how we work that's true I know I've made this ploy before, but I'm absolutely going to do it again. This is a really perfect scene that I would love fan art for. <laughs> <laughs> I know too. it's like such a weird, like, I don't know. I know we don't have like a ton of fans, but I really want somebody to be really good at art because in my head, it's not even like very detailed, realistic drawing. It's very like chibi anime cute. With, like, us laughing and having a weird... Like, Studio Ghibli style? Yeah, dinner party in the middle of a snake ring. Like, I don't know. It's really cute in my head, and I love it a lot. <laughs> I want somebody to actually make it. 
So there's my weird ploy again. I will never stop requesting fan art. <laughs> it's true. I will never stop requesting fan art either. If it ever happens, I'm going to be so damn excited. Me too. Freak the frick out. Yeah, freak the frick. Freak the frick. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Midwest, people. Welcome to the Midwest. Freak mm-hmm. the frick. Can't swear. You just say words adjacent to swearing. Except we do swear all the time, so I don't know <laughs> why the sudden need to not say the word. I, again, didn't say the word fuck. It's fuck. <laughs> just for you, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> so we're having a very cutesy, weird evening. Anything else we need to do before we take our little long rest? I don't think so. I think we're, I think we're okay. I think as everyone like starts to wind down and relax, like the horses are relaxed, Herschel's relaxed, Lou is snoring a log because she's comfortable. I think Ro is still a little worried about things, but he's like, Celeste? Yes? I'm sure you don't get this a lot, but thank you. Oh, I thought there was going to be a question. No. No. Questions won't help, but I at least want to let you know that I'm appreciative of all your help and guidance and answering your questions. You're welcome. And my offer will always stand that you can come out of this cave whenever you want, and you're welcome from my library. I do love that idea but also she rests her head down on one of the coils kind of being reflective there's something fulfilling and wonderful at the same time about having a responsibility like this never knowing if someone will come for they're part of their prophecy, knowing that here is protected from some of the boys' club running around out there. I miss the world, but I also relish being able to protect it in my own small way. Well, if you ever decide that you'd like a change, you're always welcome. Thank you, Ro. I'm interested to see how all of your story plays out. As scary as it is, so do I. I hope I can make a little good in this world. She smiles. Like, the the coil that you're by, like, nudges you a bit. That's all we can hope for. People wanting to do good in the world. I know Rai was busy with Genshi. She wanted to speak to him in particular. But I think that means she didn't speak much to you. I think that's a shame. There's a lot of her in you, too. And Bro just softly cries a little bit as he's nudging into the, the snake coil a little bit as he's starting to drift off. She will. No, she doesn't have hands. She can't tuck us in. She could have used her mouth, but it's weird. <laughs> She's got all those teeth. No, thank you. <laughs> that would be a horror. Well, and her her face is very human. Like, it's a very human face mm-hmm. in a snake body. And just, like, the idea of human lips pulling up your blanket to tuck you in at night is really also icky. 
really icky. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> There's a visual nightmare for you all. Yeah, it's unpleasant. Then I think you just sort of settle in and drift off to sleep. Celestine's sleeping with us, but I mean, nothing really could happen here. Yeah. Or it might be able to, but it would take a lot. Knowing the good old boys club, they do not have their shit together enough. They're all too self-centered. Mm -hmm. If they all had one big concerted effort, they probably could get in. But I think they're so full of their set themselves that they refuse to work with each other. Right. They, Even when they are working with each other, they're working each other for their personal ends. Like Yes. Not to a common goal. Right. And if for a moment they put it all, put their heads together, they probably could wreck some real havoc, but they aren't. And one is, one of them is dead and power's gone to somebody else. And Tyrius has done an awful lot to fuck up with our world, but is just a guy right now. Mm -hmm. So we sleep relatively peacefully. I think it's the first, like, peaceful night's sleep that we've all gotten in a very long time. Like, sure, we were drunk and relaxed, but I think there's still a part of us that had, like, anxiety about everything. Right. So it wasn't a restful sleep. So I think this is the first time in a long time we've gotten a real restful sleep. Right. Yeah. And not worrying too much. Knowing that there's a lot we still have to do, but for right now... We're okay, and we're safe. And I think kind of also knowing this place exists means there might be other places like it, too. Mm -hmm. And if this place exists, and possibly others like it, it means that there's places that we will always be safe if it comes to that. I agree. Which is very, like, weight off the shoulders. A <laughs> little bit of... Cool, if things go really bad in Obsidian Falls, we drift down the waterfall, pop right on back in here, and live here. <laughs> with yeah. Celestine, and she hates us right. forever. <laughs> yep. So the next day, I think because we are sleeping so soundly, and by the time we settled in and everything was all said and done, it was pretty late, slash early in the morning. So I think we sleep very late. It's probably around noon. Okay. By the time that we wake up. Because Celestine isn't going to try to wake us up mm -hmm. she's just letting us rest knowing that we've got a lot going on when we wake up or when you and herschel wake up lou is up her bag and everything is packed because she had dumped everything out the night before which when you have a handy haversack is like an awful lot of shit <laughs> <laughs> and she's looking over the shelves and she has a book in her hand <laughs> just did an awful lot of rolls <laughs> yeah so she's just reading through one of the books and celestine is kind of she's there she's still kind of curled around she's keeping an eye on lou like so when you wake up you know celestine is aware that this is happening and is letting it happen okay Lou, what are you doing? Just reading. Anything interesting? Eh. 
Sorry, I have to do more rolls. <laughs> she shuts the book and looks back at Celestine and nods. Thanks for letting me look and puts it back on the shelf. You're welcome. She comes on. Lou comes back over. <sighs> Are you ready for a big day? Yeah. What were you looking at? Oh, it, well, she looks over at Celestine. Celestine just like shrugs and slithers away. Kind of a, you have the information and it's up to you what you do with it sort of mm -hmm. slither away. You know how I was thinking of Thorin yesterday? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty anxious to get back. He, it looks like, and she sort of looks over to the bookshelf. Is under a curse. And he can't talk about it because that's how curses work. So I all this time I just didn't know that's what was happening. And I could have been doing more to help him. So I I don't know how to break a curse, but we know some people who might be able to now with mm -hmm. the weavers and and Yursa and or I just find who happened to put the curse on your brother and I make them pay. As Ro just punches his hand. She smiles. Or or that, I guess. But that doesn't really break a curse. It just... We should do that in addition to breaking <laughs> the curse. Okay. I just don't understand it. Thorin has always been real salt of the earth kind of guy he doesn't make people mad he's really nice and i know it was like a big weird thing that he went out to this farm all the way out here but i mean it's not that weird i mean it's not it's kind of a weird dream for a mountain dwarf but it's not that unusual and i just i don't know feel like i don't know who would put a curse on him doesn't make sense. Never heard anyone say something bad about Thorin. Well, sometimes evil, it doesn't matter. Evil just wants to harm those who are good and kind. She shudders a little bit. Well, I don't like that at all. But I'm glad I know. And I mean, she grins a little bit. And I know something else. She glances over at the bookshelf again know that even though he can't talk about his curse whoever is helping him right now he has falling for Ooh. and i'm really excited to kind of meet who that is okay he was always very lone wolf so i need to know who they are well then let's storm obsidian falls get Save here Kieran. in yeah then GTFO out of Obsidian Falls and make our way back to your brother. On one condition. What? Can we not go through the beaver towns? Oh my god, I was hoping you'd say that <laughs> because I don't want to go back either. <laughs> okay, good. It was fine, but I I just don't... There's a lot of other places to see in the world, and I just don't I want to go back through there. I don't have the mental capacity for it. 
I'm already dealing with enough as he's like pointing up at his horns. I don't need to deal with that shit. Right. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. No beaver towns. And once we do this, we go, we go help my brother. Can do. All right. I guess we should say goodbye before we leave instead of being jerks and just leaving. I mean, she hasn't seen anybody in a long time, so. (laughs) Celestine sort of comes back over. It was nice to see all of you. Always feel free to come visit again. Oh, definitely. She nods at you. And at Lou and at Herschel. And she hands each of us a little, a little bag. I keep rolling into the crack of my dice tray. So I have to keep (laughs) rolling. All of the rolls are cocked. Oh my god, everything is no. I got this far as she gave us bags. I'm trying to figure out what's in the bags. A million rolls later. We'll figure it out. Oh my god, I feel like I've run through so many things. It's all the fruit that it's been contrary. <laughs> okay. In each bag is a vial. Hold on. Okay, yep, it's just one vial per bag. And the vial has a... Oh, what color? Let's say... If soul is purple, what color do I think that is? I'm going to say silver. There's a silver shimmery liquid in the vial it is a potion and she looks at each of us and says all right don't have many of these but i thought you should have them they are they are special potions that we call taika's tears there's only enough for each of you to take it once. But when you do, you'll get a boost of magic. As if you haven't cast any spells that day at all. Save it for when you're most in need. Lou looks up and nods, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and she sort of like looks awkwardly around the cave. Thank you, Taika. Thank you, Taika. 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 As she says it, it just sort of like echoes off of the cave walls. And there's almost like a little, as it's echoing away, it almost turns into like a little giggle at the end. Here's another little sound. Use it wisely. Don't remember their voices. (laughs) Fuck, I shouldn't have asked. Okay, so we've got a Tyka's Tears. And, okay, there's another potion in the bag there's three oh okay in the bag now so the first one was taika's tears second one is another potion called i don't know it's a good word just gonna call it what it is hara's let's call it hara's touch okay and each one of these potions if you take it will cause a wild magic surge and you'll have to roll for it Okay. And then the other one is it's a little medallion necklace that also has a pin on the back in case you wanted to use it as like a pin instead of the necklace. And this is an item from Rye. 
and oh, that's hold on. We're holding. We're all on the edge of our seats. I know. I'm sorry to mostly to Evan for editing. He'll make <laughs> this seem much more seamless than it is. I had a really good idea, and then the dice said no. Fuck you, dice. Fuck you. Okay. This little pendant is hollow on the inside. It it looks like okay. It's not hollow on the inside. It it's a crystal. That's sort of entwined in, in an elaborate sort of filigree. The crystal is like clear quartz. Okay. This pendant is a is rise pendant of soul keeping. If you die, this pendant will hold on to your soul or your essence until one of two things happen. The first is you, all of it's very dependent on Rye. The first is that there's a new form for you to be reincarnated as. Okay. Or Rye will consult with your soul if you are ready to move on and it will release you. But it gives you the chance of sticking around for one month. Okay. Now we have all of our goodie bags that were made up on the spot and was painful, so I'm sorry. <laughs> was it painful? As everyone says their goodbyes, Ro runs over and gives her a big old hug. Oh, I wish I could hug you back, but I don't have arms. It's okay. Sometimes we just need hugs, and even if we don't get them back. <laughs> In Celestine's mind, she's like, well, I could try to hug him, but I would kill him. So, <laughs> oh, don't need to put those medallions to the test immediately. So she brings up her, her tail and uses it to, like, just put gentle pressure on your back. Okay. I hope I'll see you again. I hope so, too, Ro. And Lou. And Herschel. I hope our paths cross once more. And she'll sort of usher us over to the door. When you leave here, there will be an enchantment on you. It doesn't last very long, only about ten minutes. So, no gods will know that you're leaving to give you a little time. Take care of yourselves. And she will nod towards the the wall it still looks like a like a rock wall but if you put your hand on the stone it goes through like it did the first time <laughs> and all of us together can walk out all right we have to get up there to obsidian falls as fast as humanly possible i see like uh walks everybody to like the area that they walked through originally with the waterfall he holds his hands up to open it up for everybody so that we can get through the waterfall. And then he strums a few chords on his lyre, and everybody can fly up. Okay, I think Lou's just going to be on Hot Flash. Herschel will be on Donut. Because the thought of the horses just flying and not knowing what to do, <laughs> like, that they would just absolutely lose their minds. Right. So 
going with their familiar riders puts them a little at ease. Gonna make myself do real D&D and do an animal handling check. Okay? Okay. Okay. It shouldn't take us that long to fly up. We're just flying straight up. I've already done the math. It should take less than five minutes. The normal time it would take is about four to five minutes. It takes Herschel an extra two and Roe an extra I'm sorry, Dave and Lou. Wow. We should have just gone with Lulu. We should have an extra four to wrangle the horses and get them on track enough to get up there. But we get there in less than ten minutes. And is Obsidian Falls at the top of the falls? It is. Okay. Not even going to roll on that. (laughs) Okay. I figured we discussed it in the beginning that it was on the top of the falls. And then now that we're here, almost what? Eight months later, (laughs) it's coming into play. Yeah. So the reason I'm not rolling for it, everybody, is because part of the creation of this town, I kept wondering where exactly the falls came into play. And it doesn't come into play until you get to the castle area the castle is by the waterfall so it there okay so we're in front of the castle yes behind it so we've flown up at a very weird spot because we're right by the edge of the waterfall so i think this is very like a touristy sort of thing there's a bunch of guardrails and stuff up here that we're on like the wrong side of (laughs) okay so like and there's not like a very big ledge for our horses to maneuver so we're having to just like fly up from a cliff face and like soar over and there's a possibility that people are there i'll let you go ahead and make some rolls to see if people are there or not all right (laughs) i feel like i rolled three thousand things yes there are people are they bad people they are not bad people are they sightseeing in this terrible shithole of a town yes and are they unaware of us flying overhead because they're distracted by the sights that is a yes (laughs) that is a miracle (laughs) i should really take that dice with me tomorrow (laughs) yeah that less than a 14 every time I rolled. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so we soar over the heads of these people looking at the falls, but they all happen to be turned looking at the falls, and we're just like <laughs> coming up just out of their periphery where they aren't noticing us. Mm-hmm. But like a foot or so different, they would have <laughs> clocked us for sure. Yep. Just as horribly lucky as we go overhead and it looks like we're doing big like a jump like we're jumping over a fence which would have been very impressive from the ground all the way up but so we land we sort of look at each other and look at the group of people who don't seem to notice and then just sort of casually (laughs) walk away walk away (laughs) or just like okay (laughs) i guess 
We're in town. <laughs> so, Lou, where's your brother? Uh, he's over in the residential area. Okay. Well, I'll have you lead the way, because I don't know anything about this town, but I'm getting the heebie-jeebies. I mean, they have tourists, so it can't be that bad, unless it's depending on what part of town you are. Kind of like, you know, those towns that make it look like it's great for everybody, but once you actually get in there, it's not as great. Right. Looking around town, it's... I think you're first hit with the feeling of, this doesn't look that bad, considering how much we've been avoiding it and Mm -hmm. everything you know about Callum and seeing the awfulness of the forest below doesn't look that bad it looks i mean we're at a section where it's like the castle and it's very touristy they do like a whole buckingham palace situation right with some tours and whatever but as they're sort of trotting along there's uh, an academy in the middle of town and there's a big open air market area there's couple other things that look okay and do see not too far away from sorry i'm just trying to remember where everything is i did this a very long time ago as the areas sort of turn into more residential you notice that the residential buildings and the and the business buildings don't look that different they are all made of of obsidian and every building even even the ones that are homes look very industrial okay they are obsidian they are like flat roof they are all about one moment i did write this down all of the homes here are four stories tall. Oh. And they all look identical, but they each are surrounded by their own, like, fenced-in large garden area. One of the things that'll probably strike you about all of us about this is kind of the little bit we're seeing of the city on our way over there. Mm -hmm. This isn't, like, the wealthy district. This is... The residential district. Everyone here, this is where you live. There's not another housing area. This is it. And they all have giant windows in the buildings. So while they are made of this dark rock, they also let a lot of sunlight in. So as weird and kind of imposing and industrial as I look on the outside... The little you can see just sort of glancing as you were walking by. The insides are all very homey. As we're walking around, there is a large building that takes up about half a city block. Kind of towards the center of this area. This building isn't residential. It is the same number of stories and everything. It's a very uniform city. But it's not like apartments or anything. This is a very large restaurant cafe type area where people can come 
to eat. All of the residential areas are numbered with large gold, large gold numbers on them. And Lou starts looking at all of the numbers. It's like, no, not that row or that one. This one. And will lead us down a row and stops in front of number five. Number five, the house looks like all of the other houses, but the the garden and the lawn is stunning. Everywhere else, like, they all are very better homes and gardens type gardens. But this one is very kind of lavish. There are a bunch of plants that look to be kind of exotic for the area. They aren't native to here. They're maybe a little more tropical. There's, it looks like in the back, there's some nice like hedges up, even though it is a gated area, there's hedges along the gates. It's very striking. Depending on who you ask, some people would say this is the best lawn Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood, but other people might say it's the worst. It kind of just depends on personal taste on your personal taste but there's nobody in between it's one or the other (laughs) right very distinctly and this is kind of this area of the residences is kind of closer to the center of town she'll get off of her horse and are you riding on either of these or your own i think because we all had horses did we when we left Okay, then I guess I'd be on my own. Okay. Then she's just going to hand the, the reins for Hot Flesh over to Herschel. Because that was his original purpose. Was, boy who holds reins of horses! And he's evolved into so much more. <laughs> he sure has. She will walk up to the door. You can see she's kind of, like, nervous. And she wipes her, her palms on her on her legs. And reaches up, knocks at the door, and stands there kind of awkwardly. She waits for a few minutes and looks back at you guys like, <sighs> until after about a minute, door opens, and there's a dwarven man standing there. He is a little younger than Lou, but only like a couple years. And his hair, hers is very red. His is like almost platinum blonde in places. And you can't tell if it was actually platinum blonde or if it's starting to go white. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of blending in with like a normal-ish blonde to make it seem lighter. Mm -hmm. He's got a big bushy beard and mustache. He's a little, he's a little portlier has a little bit of a jolly expression santa (laughs) a little bit but he's in instead of being in reds he's in dark emerald greens he's got kind of a an elaborate necklace on it looks very ornamental like (laughs) like in a city that looks like this you aren't really surprised that people in their homes look 
outrageous with like jewels and whatever on but it's very different than the beaver towns <laughs> it's probably much more reminiscent of like nobility in Luminor. and he'll just sort of stand there and blink and be like this is when i realize i never made a voice for him uh-oh here it comes i know here it comes what's it gonna be my problem is like my default guy voice is just a little deeper and like i already have herschel so i can't get away with that for him <laughs> so do i just ignore it and go higher i don't know i can't give him an accent that doesn't make sense i mean you could if you really wanted to because he's trying to fit in here that's true i could i get the feeling that he is ashamed of his roots of where he comes from that's why he is in a big city and decked out in jewels. I mean. Or just doesn't like to acknowledge that it happened. I don't know if it's shame. But that's getting into more of his backstory. And we haven't met him yet. <laughs> I'm just helping you with ideas for the voice. I know. So anything would go basically. Hold of it. Is that you? Hey Dane. Surprise. Surprise. Surprise! And I'll look back and be like, I'm hoping it's okay that I brought friends. Well, of course. Any friend of Hulliver is a friend of Dane. But the horses, that might be trickier. And he, like, flings the door open. Come in, come in, come in. And he starts calling through the house. Filbert! Filbert! And a kind of scraggly old butler type <laughs> comes wandering a up. house elf like Dobby, but it's a goblin. Tall. I was thinking tall. He's like obnoxiously oh. tall. Yes? Uh, we've got... We've got horses to take care of, my friend. Uh, leave it in your capable hands. And he smacks him like on the shoulder this, it would be on the shoulder if they were the same height but they're not so it's like on his elbow Philbert kind of like stumbles a little bit he's his fragile old man really tall and really skinny like yeah a slight breeze will blow him over exactly <laughs> and, uh, just watching him wrangle the horses is probably going to be hilarious yeah he goes out to try and take care of the horses and Partial like hands over the reins and you know says goodbye to the horses and whatever. He's like, I can, I can, I can come with you if you need me to, to help you at all. To Philbert, he's like, No, 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 of course not. I've got this, thank you. Like he's too dignified to need help from somebody, even though if any of these horses farts too loud, this man is in trouble. Like. Are you sure we can't help you? Like, no, I've, no, I've got it. Thank you. Okay. Well, that one's donut. That one's hot flash. And this is my horse marzipan. So if they get out of line, use their names. That should help get their attention. Right, right. And like we all sort of congregate in the doorway, watching this scrawny, very old man. I think he does like very old style butler like suit and tails type of yes. a butler 
he's trying to wrangle these horses. <laughs> and Hot Flesh decides that she's okay. And she'll just go with this guy. And Marzipan is also okay. So is Donut. They, we all are waiting for like a very big scene to happen. And then he just like calmly leads them around the back of the building. Two gold, he breaks a hip or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're like... And Rose, like, holding out two gold. He looks at it like, what a disdainful thing to be tipped. So he just doesn't take it. <laughs> okay. Yep, and walks around to the back of the building. We know because we've walked around these yeah. buildings. There's no stables or anything mm -hmm. in the pack. They don't have like second parts of the buildings so lord knows where he's going <laughs> just sort of look curiously okay we'll just go with it all right when an obsidian falls one turn back did i do the right thing by tipping them i mean i think normally at other places that's the right thing to do and she looks over at her brother Tipping? Absolutely not! Oh, I pay Filbert. Filbert's in my will. He doesn't. No. No. Not necessary, my boy. And, like, pats your arm. Like, he's in the will because he gets he gets the silver because all he had to do was polish. <laughs> what are those? Like, you're in, he's in the will, but it's not something anybody would want. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he shakes his head. No, no, no. Filbert gets 30% of my estate. Oh, that's awesome. Well, look at you. You have to treat your people well. I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you've got a sticky situation. Well, come on, everybody. Come on in. Let's, let, let's not get a draft in the house. And he will shut the door behind us as we come in. Why is there going to be a war? He freezes for a second and looks at you. What? <laughs> he said, a draft. I was worried there'd be a war. Oh, I thought, ooh, I thought, thought we were talking about something else. I thought this was going to take a very serious turn very quickly, young man. <laughs> and I wasn't quite prepared for it. Come on, everyone. I was just sitting down to breakfast. You are here early. Why are you here? And then he looks over at Lou's like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm so happy to see you. And he like gives her a big hug. I just You didn't write or uh anything. This is unexpected. I just didn't think I'd see you. I'm supposed to go into work. Oh I oh it uh It's all very sudden. I hired Lou to escort me through this area. Um, her and Herschel were very good guides. We're meeting a friend here, my friend, and we're hoping that things go great meeting him here. So when we got here, she said, oh, my brother lives in this city. So why don't I stop by and say hello? So we're sorry for springing this on you, sir. 21, deception. <laughs> Okay. Do I think he has a modifier? One moment, please. 
You'd think I'd be more prepared, but we don't roll very often, so... No, we don't. We try to do that off pod, because, you know, the last time we did it, oh my god, it was painful. Right. So we try to do all that stuff off, unless it's a question that we need to know, and then we us roll the dice. So we really don't normally do that, unless we're in battle, but, you know, I figured I'd deception these some right. things. Oh! Lovely of you to have made friends on the road, Lou. And Herschel, you said? I know I've read in your letters about Herschel. Herschel, it's wonderful to meet you. And grasps his hand very firmly and pats it. Taking care of my sister, I see. And Herschel's like, I mean, she's taking care of me more, but yeah. That was always the way with all of it. Always taking care of people, even when they didn't want it. Isn't that right? <sighs> I know. You were my little brother. You still are my little brother. And I will always be looking out for you. Stubborn as always. And ushers us in. The dining room is a very big, long table of, like, dark mahogany with a bunch of chairs around it. And at the very far end of it, by a fireplace, is his, like, one spot where his little breakfast stuff is set up. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, come in, come in. Take a seat anywhere you want. I mean, it is probably better if we all sit in the same area. But yes. if you really wanted to scatter around at all of these seats, it would be fine. I, They don't get a lot of use. I really thought, being a merchant here, I'd be hosting things all the time and it turns out not well that's a shame you have a lovely home thank you thank you and as we're looking around it is very homey like this area is very opulent and looks like ready to be for guests and whatever but his little breakfast set there's like a cute little tea tray with a little floral teapot and like there's a placemat that's like hand embroidered very like touch of home stuff that is very kind of different than the what the room looks like so you're meeting a friend here you say mm -hmm. wonderful what brings them we don't if I'm entirely honest, we don't get a lot of visitors here in Obsidian Falls. And he looks lamentingly at all of the empty chairs at the table. I was told to come here, and it would be the best thing for our company and for our guild. And it's been good, but it has actually probably, probably driven away some potential customers. So we don't get a lot of visitors from outside to be Donna, to be honest. Well, that's a shame. First time in Dibby Donna, I heard nothing but bad things, but it doesn't seem that bad. I was just going to ask. I know Lou was over in Mavis. You must be there from there as well. Uh, yes, yes I am. And you, it turns over to Herschel. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> Dane stares at him for a minute and is like, waiting for him to elaborate, but when he doesn't, he's like, alright, moving on. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got kind of a negative vibe 
in the world, I think, but we try to make it homey. You know, the politics of the area doesn't mean everyone here is bad. Well, that's good. There are some real assholes, though. <laughs> real tight asses, too. He's gonna be like, oh, I sent Filbert with the horses. One minute, and he scrambles to go over through the back into what must be a kitchen and hear a bunch of like wrestling around and clanking of cups and things like that and he comes out with some more tea things and behind him is like an older what do we want to call her it's an older human woman she's got like very white and gray hair but she's got like a like a braid crown sort of thing going on and she's carrying a tray of food over and sets it out. I'm so sorry we didn't have a lot of food on hand, but here you go. And it's like putting out just bits of like granolas and yogurts and fruits. And just looks sort of concerned as she glances over at Dane's plate. He's got like eggs and he's got a little thing of oatmeal and like sausages he's got a, a big like spread breakfast breakfast and he's like I'll have to go do some shopping this is fine no, no worries thank you she looks over at Dane you just let me know okay yeah of course Hildy I'll let you know as soon as we have it all figured out and sort of sends her back on her way to sort of settle in for our meager little breakfast and just sort of chatting and catching up, being very vague about how was your trip here and things like that. We got here faster than we expected. Yeah, lots. Yeah, duh, unexpected. <laughs> so yeah. has the king returned yet? No, actually, now that you've asked. He hasn't. They have one of those flag things on the castle. So when they're there, they like run up this big gaudy flag. Hasn't been back up since the wedding. What was supposed to be the wedding. Oh, well. (sighs) Who cares, right? Celebrity marriages, they never last anyway. No, no, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) As we're chatting, Filbert comes back in. He looks... Wheezy. He looks tired. <laughs> He's got little bits of straw just like stuck to his shoes or his clothes. When he finds a mirror, he'll be very upset and like distraught at himself for having not cleaned that up first. But he comes in. I thought you'd want to see this right away. And slides a paper over to Dane. Not now, Filbert. I've got guests. Uh, sir, you're going to want to see it. I, I'm sorry. Filbert gets kind of uppity sometimes and shakes out his paper. Oh, oh no. Oh dear. And he pulls the paper down and looks over at us. I don't know if the king will be coming back anytime soon. Why do you say that? Is he okay? He spreads the paper out and slides it towards us and in big 
bold letters at the top. Rift appears around Luminor. King Callum trapped inside. And that's where we'll stop. Yeah! <laughs> okay. That was super fun. I loved it so much. I was aiming for you to bring that in so we knew about it. Yes. I honestly, for part of today, forgot about it. And then when we got here, I was like, we can just stop. We made it up to Obsidian Falls. And I was like, fuck, I have to get Dane to tell us about the thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I we forgot. had to get here. We had to get him to say it. And then that was a good stop. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. And yeah. if anybody is wondering, what do you mean a rift opened up around the castle in Luminor? You should have checked out our live stream. You should have. <laughs> we had cool new accents and cool new characters, and we were fucking shit up in the world. Yes, and it's carried over to here. Yep. Now we get to see how this affects Lou and Rose adventures. Yep. All right. Okay. We should probably stop talking before we talk more, like we always do. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry. Bye. -bye. In after it's not in advance i'm sorry if i'm congested in coffee this entire time yeah. just forgive me okay okay right, bye. bye we love you <laughs> love you thank you all for listening hit subscribe to continue with us on our journey into the unknown and if you liked what you heard today please consider rating us five stars if you include your name you'd like us to use in your review, we'll give you a shout out at the end of one of our episodes. And if you have anything you want to talk to us about, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is joinpartyof2 at gmail.com. And that's joinpartyof2, the number two. You can also find us on Instagram under username joinpartyof2. That is joinpartyof2 with the number two. Bye. Bye.